0: So you have your your own 16-year-old daughter now, and you're wanting to talk to her about her sexuality, but you're not exactly sure how. Can you explain why?
1: Well, you know, I mean, some of it I think is like that general male acculturation we have, Mm. that it's the mom's place. So, like, if they're going to have a conversation about dating or boys or whatever... That's mom's thing. Um, And even though actually I'm really interested and my daughter and I are very close, there's this part of me that feels like I should stay out of it because it's going to be uncomfortable.
0: Um, Uncomfortable for you or uncomfortable for her?
1: I think more uncomfortable for her.
0: Adam's daughter is halfway through 16 and is at that age where she's starting to explore. Her dad isn't the type to try and sabotage, though. He actually wants to get involved and try and help guide her. Relationships in high school can be trapdoors, and he's thinking he actually can teach her things that her mother can't. But there's this problem. He actually has to bring it up first and get his 16-year-old to listen. Hello and welcome to Man Up. I'm your host, Amin Ismail, and on this show, we crack questions big and small about manhood. This week, Adam's Dilemma. Adam obviously isn't the first dad to take interest in his daughter's dating life, for better or worse, but he's not trying to control her. He genuinely thinks that he can help. We usually hear about the other kind of dad, the one who bullies their daughters into abstinence or harasses the boys that they date. Are you familiar with the rapper T.I.? Only a only a couple of songs.
1: Oh, are you talking about this thing in the news recently? Yep. Yes, yeah, yes, he you heard about it. Yeah, yeah. He, he Like,
0: yeah. I mean, he now said it was it was a joke, uh, but he was describing how he would cart his daughter to the gynecologist to have her hymen checked. Yeah, and I feel like it, he, he rightfully caught flack for that, and it was pretty cringe to hear. Oh, what the fuck? You know, usually like the day after the party,
1: she's enjoying her gifts. <laughs> I put a sticky note on the dope. Guy knows. <laughs> no. <laughs> Tomorrow, 9.30. Oh, this is great.
3: You
1: know, I grew up that way. And, like, and I don't know what his religious or cultural background is completely. But, you know, for for me, I grew up around the idea that, like, once you'd given your virginity away, you were kind of damaged goods. Right. Almost like, like – you could do this, but it would ruin, it would ruin sexual experience or like it would diminish sexual experience for the rest of your life because you didn't have a pure relationship between a husband and wife with nobody else that intruded on it, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. But that's like an old type of thinking that I've sort of put on the shelf so I can, I can be in contact with it emotionally, but it doesn't have the same effect on me that it had then.
0: I, I kind of had that image in my head of the overbearing father, who when his daughter's going on a date will like bring the shotgun to the door and threaten wow. the date to be like, bring her yeah. back by nine or X, Y, Z. Yeah. Did you always feel this way or did any part of you feel uncomfortable with the idea of her one day having sex?
1: Um, I think, you know, when she was a little or a girl, like 10 or 11, I think before she hit puberty, um, I knew it would happen intellectually, but of course she's still my little baby. Yeah. You know, and and I, I think I kind of pushed it off more. But I think I think what happened for me is the more that I began to hear about her peers because because through the grapevine of the small school culture we're part of, you know, she'd share she'd dish a story about, you know, a classmate that was, you know, very sexually um adventurous and maybe, you know, racing way ahead of her peers or whatever mm, right
0: right. and then i was like
1: okay well this is going to happen and so how do i help her have this experience where she doesn't expose herself to a lot of gossip she's respectful of her own privacy you know there's no pictures video or otherwise that are floating around anywhere that would come back and bite her in the butt um yeah. so like, with you know like i i think i just kind of got over it like this is going to happen so like help her get the most out of it with the least risk.
0: It sounds like you've done a lot to, to sort of try and guide her. I wonder if you've actually tried to sit her down and discuss it with. No, with
1: no, not really. Um, no, no, absolutely not. Like I've, I've talked to her mother about whether I should talk to her and her mm. mom's like, you should try. But like, it's still, I think really embarrassing, you know, and definitely every now and then like I'll tease her a little bit. Cause mm. you know, when when she has, When she has a guy over, uh, normally they spend most of the time in her room, quote unquote studying. Um, (laughs) And I'll I'll tease her and I'll be like, you know, so she had an assignment and they, she and her boyfriend didn't do that well on the assignment. And I said, you know, maybe you guys should change the ratio of how much studying versus how much making out you're doing. Oh
0: god! And
1: she was like, she just put up her hand. She goes, stop, just stop. (laughs)
0: Weird. I'm, I'm starting yeah. to get a sense of, like, how uncomfortable this could actually be.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh,
0: so can you just help me understand, like, what is the nightmare scenario here? Is it that you expect her to totally be grossed out and withdraw? Or, or what exactly?
1: Uh, yeah, you know, I, I mean, I think the things that are on my heart that I really want to share with her are to the two of them are really difficult. I mean, like they're like, if you ask me, they're like the triple axle Mm. in the father child talk about sex. And one of them is trying to help her understand that, um, you know, probably a lot of the boys that she will be with or want to be with probably are really, really ignorant about sex. And like a lot of them get way too much information from porn. Mm -hmm. And so, like if she wants to have pleasurable experiences in her teen and young adult years, she's going to have to be assertive. Like she's going to have to be willing to educate a guy and like set boundaries and be able to to, to prioritize her own pleasure. See that? How do you talk about that? You know, like mm. I I don't know how to get there as a as a dad to a to a daughter. Um, but I think the other thing, and you know, that I, I worry about too, is that I think a lot of times young people seem to have a much more casual view towards sex than when I was growing up. Mm -hmm. And, um, I worry about her putting herself at risk for sexual assault because she's going to put herself in situations where she doesn't realize that she's at greater risk than she, than she understands because she's smaller, you know, and if alcohol is ever involved, like, you know, just like guys can be dangerous and like, you've got to be wary. And I, you know, we don't talk about it so much, so I don't always know if she, if she really, understands that
0: is not having the sex talk with her no longer an option for you. Like why, why do you feel like oh, you have no, to do it's it? It's
1: not no longer an option. I could still put it off. Um, I, uh, <laughs> Are you planning to? I, I mean, I have talked to her a lot about protecting herself around assault and you know, she heard that like that, like that conversation didn't go so badly. Like she really listened to it. And, mm.
0: So you know. do you feel like you can trust her in those types of situations Then, Like, do you feel yeah. like you've done your part?
1: Yeah. I mean, I know that there's going to be things she's going to do and not tell me about. Of course she's 16. For the, yeah. yeah. But for the big stuff, like I do think I can trust her. Um and you know, she'll get there. She'll she'll do something that, you know, like steps outside of that, but like my big goal is just to stave it off as far into the future as possible. Like yes, she's probably going to mess around with alcohol and drugs down the road, you know, but if, we could, if I could get her to her very late teens or her early 20s before that happens, I'd be ecstatic.
0: So, I mean, if your wife kind of has a handle on everything, like, what can you tell your daughter that her mother can't?
1: So I think some of it is that my daughter and I are a little bit more similar personality style. So I sometimes think, like, she might take me a little bit more seriously if I shared her with some of this. But I think the other thing, too, is, like, just maybe understanding a little bit the male experience um, and like how males kind of view this and can view this into kind of like the cultural pressure that males have around um, dating and sex and conquest and, you know, just so that she kind of goes into that sort of armed. Um, I was telling Cameron that we had this interesting thing where there was a young man who she'd been really interested in and she thought was interested in her and they were together all summer and then he kind of started really pulling back and didn't seem to have time for her anymore. And mm. we could tell that her heart was, you know, really breaking and she was getting upset. And she kept making excuses for him. And my, my wife was like, well, you know, maybe he's really busy or, you know, you know, maybe you should talk to him about how you feel. And she was like, Mom, you don't do that. Like, I'm not going to presume that, like, you know, he's, he's got time for me or whatever. Right. And the more I was listening, the more I just kind of was, I said to my wife, I said, look, I don't know if she can hear this but he's just not into her.
0: Like oh, he's
1: got a driver's license, he only lives 15 minutes away. If he wanted to see her, he could make time for it. How, how did you know? Uh, cuz I was a horny teenager. If I, <laughs> if I there, there was a if there was a girl I wanted to be with and I could make I could squeeze time into it, I would I would make it happen. Mm-hmm. You know. So, so, so you do
0: have like that valuable male's perspective that might be able to help her understand what she's really up against.
1: Yeah, if it weren't so awkward to talk about it, for sure. Because like, I the way I the way I dealt with that is I, I just passed it off to my wife and I said, look, she's he's not into her. He she just, she just kind of needs to move on. She needs to get ready to move on. And I don't know, I, I don't remember or know if my wife like really passed that on to her or not. Like, but she you know eventually I you know through circumstance eventually I think got the message.
0: After the break, we hear from his daughter MG. Hey, MG.
3: Hi, how are you?
0: This is Eamon. How are you?
3: All right, I was just doing some homework,
0: so... I remember homework. (laughs) MG's dad describes her as having a good head on her shoulders, but she's 16. I get why it can get icky. We're all socialized to believe that boys and girls are on opposite ends of the spectrum, so it makes sense that she's thinking that her dad just can't relate. So uh, how would you describe your relationship with your dad?
3: um me and my dad are really close um we're very similar especially like with our personalities and our sense of humor so I think that like I feel like I can tell him a lot I'm very comfortable like Mm. I don't know telling him what's going on in my life but he's still also my dad so it's like there's obviously like I don't tell him everything but I mean (laughs) me and him are very similar so it's easy for us to get along and like understand each other I guess in that way
0: is he like standing (laughs) right next to you is that why you're saying all those nice things
3: no he left
0: (laughs) (laughs) uh so i know that talking about dating and like talking about sex can always get awkward really, mm-hmm. like really no matter who you're talking to yeah. about it how do you feel about talking it through with your dad
3: um i mean that's definitely something i typically talk to my mom more about but i feel like a lot of times dads stereotypically are like very strict when it comes to their daughters like yeah, starting yeah. to date but my dad is actually like really like open about it and he like trusts me a lot um But he also – there have been times where he's, like, tried to, like, give me advice, but it's just always really uncomfortable. So we just kind of, like, (laughs) (laughs) save that for my mom. But my dad tries, so I guess that's what matters. (laughs) So.
0: So would you be interested in his advice?
3: Um. I mean, yeah, I am always open to his advice, but he also, I like to make fun of him because he was, like, <laughs> kind of nerdy when he was in high school. He was on the travel chess team, so... What? <laughs> I mean, yeah, so I like to make fun of him about that. I'm like, well, I mean, like, at least I'm cooler than you, Dad, like, when I was in high school, and, like, you yeah. and you were in high school, so... I don't know. I think I like to make fun of him, so, yeah, I do take his advice, but I also kind of, like, give him a hard time about it.
0: Yeah, it's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so... I feel like he could really use your advice on maybe like some tips on how to broach this topic. Do you have like any advice that you can give him on how to talk about all this?
3: I guess like, because since him and I have a hard time being serious with each other, cause we are like so jokey to like try and like make the conversation not seem so like scripted and like, I don't know something that like he feels like he needs to talk about just to, like kind of make it casual so that it doesn't feel awkward or uncomfortable.
0: I don't know it's a little uncomfortable because you're a girl and he's a guy.
3: Well, my mom works in women's health and anytime I've ever had like a question about that, she's always been the person I go to just because mm. that's just one. She's my mom and it's like more comfortable cause she's a girl, but that's also around her line of work. So I feel like with like dating and like just questions like that, I feel like I've always been able to like talk to my mom. Mm-hmm. So it definitely feels unnatural to talk to my dad just already because of like, that's how my family's always worked. But it's not that I don't think I could talk to my dad. I just feel like I'm, it feels more natural to me to talk to my mom.
0: So can we first just like talk about how awkward this is for a second? <laughs>
1: <laughs> sure
3: I mean my dad told me I was doing this like a few days ago well he asked I me if told I
1: told you he, I believe I asked you I was like oh like I'm gonna be famous
3: now I don't know if I'm ready for all this you know and um I don't know it's just kind of weird because I didn't know I was gonna talk with him it, too so I'm, I don't know what's gonna have it
1: <laughs> I was telling them like how difficult it is for me to talk about it because it feels like there's um all this like, it's just uncomfortable. Like, mm-hmm. the, like, the dad shouldn't talk about it. Like, don't look at me right now. <laughs> I and mean, we're sitting in front. Like, We're, like, staring straight ahead, but we're also staring into a mirror, so we, it's like we're sitting in, and looking <laughs> each other in the eye. Oh, my God.
0: Yeah. So tense. Yeah. <laughs> um, MG was really graceful in giving us some tips on how, how to make this a little bit, I guess, less painful. The first tip she had was to just keep it casual. You know, that sometimes that when these things end up being too serious, it can be a little scary. Mm-hmm. It also uh, just
3: makes it significantly more awkward if you like, try and talk all serious when you're just not normally serious, so <laughs> talk about it like it's a normal conversation. Uh,
1: well, what if it is a serious conversation, though? Yeah,
3: but act like it's a normal conversation, and then well,
1: it won't be that weird. Okay. That's a good tip. I think the thing where, I know it's always more natural to talk to your mom, but I always want you to know if you have questions about a guy's perspective or how a guy would see it, I'm there for you too, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I, I I think I'm capable of having those conversations without making it too awkward because I, I do think a lot of guys are, um, can be clueless, you know, yeah. around, <laughs> around stuff and that. Um, I think maybe w- women underestimate how clueless, guys can be. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like what, do you, what do you mean? Yeah. What do you mean? You guys can be stupid. <laughs> what do you mean, though? I'm curious.
3: Just like, yeah, they're like very clueless. They kind of have to treat them like they're a little dumb sometimes, but it's okay. Yeah.
0: The next thing that she uh, suggested was uh, understanding that this might not go your way, like that if mistakes happen, that that's probably fine.
3: Like, Understanding that I might not want to take your advice, like if you were to give me some advice about dating, I might be like, "Oh, like what does he know? He's my dad, and uh-huh. he was on the chess team." So I mean, uh-huh. like, you
1: know, <laughs> well, that means I think several moves ahead.
3: Okay, yeah. But... <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, he got a good point. He got a good point.
3: <laughs> Meaning, um, I don't want to take your advice because I feel like uh-huh. me and you can't necessarily relate as much, like from like how we were when you were this age and me now. So I guess understanding that not everything might go exactly how you want it to and that that's okay. If I make mistakes and learn from them.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, I think that's, here's the thing. I mean, I think the reality is you will. And, um, you know, I think your mother and I both know that and it's okay. I think what, what I always hope for you is that in the middle of that, you're able to see the bigger picture what's going on with the bigger picture and that secondly that your mistakes aren't like life-altering mistakes like I want them to be safe mistakes yeah
0: (laughs) so how do you guys feel
3: I mean good we don't typically talk about this so like talking about it right now is like kind of
1: for a national audience
3: yeah for yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) it just feels kind of weird but I mean I feel like it's a good thing that we talked about it
0: that's a pretty good start. It obviously wasn't the whole conversation, but to hear it from an expert, that's just the right amount.
2: So we know that young people do not react well to being lectured to um, or sat down and having a serious talk. That's not the way that they best retain information. Um, the, the real way to go about this is to make sure you're having 100 one-minute conversations.
0: Meet Desiree Caro. She's a sexuality educator who's been teaching students how to um, do it for the last 15 years. And when she isn't working with students, she's helping their parents have that conversation at home.
2: We are inundated with lots of examples of really harmful stereotypes. Um, One of my favorite movies as a teenager was Superbad, Mm. right? You can look at Superbad and the whole premise of that movie is getting these girls drunk so that they can sleep with them. Maybe if there's a movie like that, that you're just casually walking, with your kid having a conversation around like what did you think about that right like asking open-ended questions and really getting a sense of where your child is is going to go a long way in you figuring out how to approach future conversations around that
0: i want you to like share a list of tv shows that you've seen that dads can watch (laughs) with their daughters so that they can open the conversation
2: Oh my gosh. I mean, <laughs> this is kinda of silly, but it seems like Big Mouth might be a great show for this dad and his daughter mm. to watch together.
0: Yeah, yeah. There was that episode about consent that I, that I just thought of. Um, I think someone was like trying to push on someone else's head.
1: Yeah. So that they can yeah. get
0: oral. And they like freaked out and made a public scene and the person was shamed for it. I was like, yes. that's an episode where we could talk about consent.
2: Oh my God, you should totally tell this dad to let his daughter know that Blue Balls doesn't exist. Mm. That is like something that I notice with teen girls a lot is that like girls, especially in hetero relationships will feel like they have to continue a sexual interaction that they don't want to continue because they think that like Blue Balls is like literally gonna kill the person, (laughs) you know? And it's like, no, he's gonna be okay. Like. And if someone is like, "Oh no, blue balls," then you say, "Oh, I'm so sorry. Do you need me to take you to the hospital?" <laughs> right?
1: <laughs> Somebody needs to tell her that blue balls don't exist. I love that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> She's right. She's yeah. right. It doesn't exist.
1: Um, I, you know, I think, I, I think I'm just gonna be willing to kind of like forge ahead a little bit on the you know the consent issues that the expert laid out Mm -hmm. and like maybe that would be then a foray into talking about pleasure as well you know Mm -hmm. but yeah we'll see we'll see how we go i mean i really feel like i think i said before that's like sticking the landing i don't know if i'll ever stick the landing but (laughs) you know somebody what either me or her mother will get it across i'm sure
0: yeah i wonder if anything's changed since you brought your daughter onto the show can you describe to me how, how that impacted your relationship
1: I think because we went on the show she understood my motivation a little bit more like if I'm trying to get something across to her it's because I feel like I have a message I want her to get not because I'm trying to be all up in her business about a relationship or trying to like interfere or trying to be nosy Hmm. But I think she kind of got that. So uh, my sense is that actually she will be a little bit more open because she kind of knows where my heart is at around it. Well, one last thought I have too is yeah, it happened sometime in the course of us working on you with this podcast, but also, um, you know, just going through the whole rigmarole of you know dealing with some things. And um, my son goes, oh, by the way. I think i have a date this friday <laughs> and he's he's oh, 14 yeah. and a half and, that's awesome uh, and and you could tell like it was almost like partly he just wanted to be included in all this conversation <laughs> And i
0: thought
1: you know what i need to like she had suggested start early and have those conversations with your sons and i was like okay well let me start looking for my opportunities there as well so are you going to oh yeah absolutely
0: And that's the show. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed it, please hit us with that good rating in the podcasting app. It's a free show, so come on. It's literally the least you could do. Also, we still need your help to figure out what we're talking about next. We're looking for folks who wouldn't mind coming on the show to explain how they too are a work in progress. So if you think that's you, call us at 805-626-8707. That's 805 manup 7 or email us at manup slate.com. Don't forget to make sure you're subscribed because we've got brand new shows for you every week and I'd hate for you to miss out. Man Up is hosted and written by me, Eamon Smaid. It's produced by Cameron Drews. Our editors are Jeffrey Bloomer and Loan Liu. Gabriel Roth is the editorial director of Slate Podcasts. And June Thomas is the senior managing producer of Slate Podcasts. And we'll be back next week with more Man Up.